from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. Hello there, and I am very excited to show off something. Guys, I've been sitting on this for about a week now, waiting for the chance to make the big reveal. Could, couldn't even share it, you know, on like Instagram or Twitter or the, you know, our team social media. I wanted to wait and show it live on the show. I have finally put up, as you can see over here in the corner, over, yeah, if I can get the pointing right, that, yep. Yeah. I've got some bookshelves. Some over here, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the new episode of the Yavin Base Builds coming out tomorrow on um, the Patreon for our $10 and up Patreon. is showing the chronicling of uh, me building these shelves in terms of, uh, you know, I had to paint every last surface of these things and then put them together. And it was a bunch of coats of paint. A bunch. <laughs> anyway, I finally put my books on the shelves. And as I did so, I took my like the the big, huge Legends Comics Omnibuy mm. out of their plastic wraps, Freddie. <gasps> I know for months I've been talking about how I've not taken these out of their wraps. Mm. And now that I've done it, now that I've done it, have I done? have discovered something huge. <gasps> uh, I've got the Rise of the Sith Omnibus, brand new, just got here okay. very, very recently. In fact. My wife was like, uh, oh, did they send you two copies? I was like, nope, the other one. You know, the Darth Vader one that took forever to get here. It got sent to the wrong address. And then I was like, no, this is a different one. She was thrilled. Anyway, I also have, <laughs> I can even strong enough to list this, lift this thing, the Knights of the Old Republic oh, omnibus man. is now also out of its case. Mm-hmm. And would you all check this out? First of all, New York Times best smeller. Yeah. Okay, does pass the mm, test. Moist. Also, ready for this? Ready. When you take the dust jacket off, no, <gasps> there's art printed. <gasps> Different art. Wow. Look on. Oh. All right, that's look gorgeous. At... <laughs> what is that? Uh, what are those things called that, that get the, the wrath wrath tar? No, no. <laughs> what are they called? The ones that, that get the cell. Very unlegends of you. From Kotor, mm. Freddie. The ones that get the rat ghoul. Rat there ghouls. it is. Ah, it's a rat ghoul. <laughs> nice. Look at the way this it wraps, and it's like the matte finish. It feels cool. nice and smooth. Yeah. It's got nice Field Republic art. Uh, I could not. Y'all should have heard the sound that came out of my mouth. <laughs> When can you replicate? I got the it? Dust yeah, I want to hear it right now. It's in well, a lot like the sound that came out of your <laughs> yeah. mouth, uh, out of your guttural region, Emily. The, uh, the, you know, when, like, the whole, the full Home Alone experience when this. Hold on, uh, do that one more time, Jared. <laughs> There's our time. All right, yeah. <laughs> love it. And all right, so the. No, my hands are all greasy from my face. <laughs> anyway, oh, the no. Darth Maul Ooh. also has it. Oh, oh that one is really thing. Pretty. Darth Maul. Man, there's no. Um, Gosh, that's I beautiful. already forgot what they're called. Uh, Reptars, Rathtars. Hold on, <laughs> what I call <laughs> that? Starts with an R. What I call that thing? Rekul. No, yeah, no Rekul on this one, unfortunately. Or Reptars. Or Rathars. None of them. It does have Darth Maul. Nice. You know what else doesn't have any epi- any uh you know what else doesn't have any Rathars? Reptars? 
or Rat ghouls. Rancors. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Legends Look Back. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, probably part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast that you can listen to in between the Olsen Twins mysteries, <laughs> where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I am joined once again for the second time tonight, Freddie C. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, gosh, I forgot we just did another episode. It's a, a secret little episode that we did for you guys uh, based on some uh, something we're going to talk about today. And uh, it's it's quite quite interesting because, you know, I, I would recommend if you are a audio listener, uh, if you haven't yet watched our YouTube streams, it's probably a really good one to watch on the YouTube stream. We're going to go over a lot of art and, uh, mm. uh, you know, it, it's something that you can listen to, but... The visuals are, are stunning, and uh, honestly, I, I think we had a couple hot takes on on this probably being some of the best art in Legends uh, for Absolutely. Empire, so exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, we recorded uh, next week's episode one week in advance, so uh, welcome to the time travel dimension that we've <laughs> got going on here in Legends Look Back, and by that I mean... We've already done an episode tonight, so we're tired. <laughs> so if we say things Speak like calling uh, rat ghouls reptars, well, that's why. <laughs> All right. That's why. Also, you heard her over there. She's still here. We have not yet lost her to motherhood. Emily Daybeck, how are you? Well, I'm still pregnant, Jared. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell, yeah. me, tell me what you were telling uh, everybody. But what you were telling the team before we went live, it was priceless. Well, usually when I log in to like join the chat live on YouTube, I'll see, you know, random videos that I've been watching lately. And my current history is all labor induction tips, <laughs> how to start labor at home and meditations to induce labor at home, <laughs> like this, that yeah. and the other birth stories. I am quite ready to be done. Um and it's at that point in the pregnancy where everybody else is ready for me to be done too. And <laughs> right. so they just keep asking me about the baby and it's not very helpful because the baby is still quite safe and uh, stationary. It's, it's not going I'll anywhere. You I'll tell you what will induce labor. The Xanabar. Am I right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't even. <laughs> if you don't yet know what I'm talking about, they are some of the ancillary uh, characters from Crimson Empire Two, uh, so the second volume of Crimson Empire. How would you describe them, the Xanabar guys? The blue, a- <laughs> blue bald, skinny aliens. Yes. With Creepy with Arkansas eyes. teeth. No, excuse me, Tennessee <laughs> right. teeth. Whoa, whoa. And uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll say West West Virginia. <laughs> okay. Yeah, their eyes can roll way up into their heads. Yeah. They're I'm trying to like replicate it. I can't. And then they're looking for victims for a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Always. They always <laughs> want more victims. Alive. And the the leader's name is Zinxamer. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just like a bunch of consonants, isn't it? How do you guys say his name? Zinxable. Zerdable. Zerberzerberzer. Yeah, I think I call him Zanixable in my head. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. They're creepy. That's All right. Harry. Who else we got here that I haven't introduced yet? Rick. Me, pick Hello, me. Rick. Welcome. Hello. Your turn. Hey, you were recording, right, Jared, for the last episode? Uh, I'm just kidding. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried. I tried. Um, Skuma Joe asked what my hat says. It's uh, Alliance Forces Rebel since Scarif, I think. That's what it says. Ooh, so, very yeah. cool. Rick's got the best 
Star Wars dad hats in the galaxy. I know. He's wearing a different one in the next episode. Can't wait for y'all to see that. Yeah. Oh, you did a wardrobe change? You did a wardrobe change. Just just my hat. I I love this shirt (laughs) so much. I'm going to wear it again next week. His jokes are fresh. His attire is fresh. Armpit or may not be as fresh if he's wearing it for yes. a week straight. Oh yeah, I know. That's I just say wear. Yeah. I just say to wear it again in a week. Surely I'll do the laundry by then. Surely. <laughs> you know, I'm realizing with the wardrobe that we've really, uh, you know, blew blown this opportunity. It is St. Patrick's Day. Is yes. it today? Tomorrow? Today. I got some green in here. Yeah. Today's St. Patrick's kind of Day. Green, green hat. We're all wearing different shades of green. And, I wouldn't uh, have a clue. I'm colorblind, but. Um, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, we're talking about Crimson Empire. Mm. Wait, Freddie, is that a Star Wars shirt? It is. It is. There's a uh, what? You can see that there's a R2D2. Oh, nice. Hanging out there, and I'm pretty sure right here on my <laughs> biceps. Uh, that's the Millennium Falcon. That's the Millennium Falcon. <gasps> yeah. Oh, wow, cool. good eye. I did not catch that at all. Freddie's. I've yeah. learned after three years of podcasting with Freddie, he's got. If he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Nine times out of ten, it's a Star Wars Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yeah. I would love a TikTok tour of your closet, Freddie. That would just be oh, a yeah. highlight. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of Star Wars. Maybe that could Wars. be a Patreon goal. There was <laughs> anytime there's like a, a Star Wars Hawaiian shirt that drops, no matter where it's at, I've got my mitts on it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, beautiful. Where, I'm just realizing. Go ahead, go ahead. Where do like like what stores carry those? Oh, that's a good uh, question. So, some of the first stores that dropped them were PacSun back in the day. Yep, okay. uh, and those were really cool. They've got at ads on them and a bunch of bunch of cool vehicles. Coles uh, had also like a nice solid oh. drop of of Hawaiian uh, Star Wars shirts with like uh, Chewbacca and a couple other characters. Yeah, you just gotta type in Star Wars Hawaiian shirts. I'm pretty sure you'll find some good. So I think I'm past my prime for Hawaiian shirts, though, because I would late. totally, dude. I would, I would, I would be the tourist dad because I. It's like I can see like the the cargo shorts and the the short uh, or the socks with flip flops that complete the look. Oh yeah. So like, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So I don't think I could pull it off anymore. Um, so I think my time for Hawaiian Star Wars shirts is past. Hey, no, there's or no it's such ahead thing. of you because they yeah. come back around. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's when, true. When you retire. You, and you tuck them in. Anything goes. And then your fanny pack. Okay, that actually kind of cut. And you get those really cool zip-off pants where it's like they're pants and shorts. So I like still have those. Be... Yeah, I have, I have those too. So. I had some of those in college. <laughs> Don't ask me why. <laughs> they're good for fishing. You choice. go on a fishing trip yeah. early in the morning, you're, yeah. you got to keep those calves warm. Then oh. midday, sun comes out, you got to let yeah. those suckers breathe. So that yep. your knees can burn. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I warmed to Six Flags. And uh, all my teenagers that I was with were making fun of me. This was for, you know, my, I'm a youth minister. It's my job. So it's it's weird when I just talk about teenagers randomly. Uh, <laughs> but that's why I was with teenagers. And I and, take uh, the teens out. I embarrassed them by zipping off the bottom leg of my shorts. They're like, are you kidding me right now? I'm like, no, it's Uh-oh, hot. It's getting serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you can't poke fun that. at your youth minister. Are you even a youth minister? <laughs> that's, rumor, right. that's right. That's rumor right. has it that under uh, Boba Fett's uh, orange uh, knee guard, <laughs> If you take that off, there you can unzip his pants. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you just made Emily straight make the pog face. I mean, that's how. That's how good that was. Now here's the the blown opportunity, guys. We're talking about Crimson Empire. Mm. Our episode is named after a color, and it is St. Patrick's Day. We're all wearing green on Crimson Empire Day. <laughs> okay, Rick. Rick just 
change his background color. I could do that too. Ta-da! Yeah, you probably couldn't tell. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, we are talking about one of the very best legend stories there ever was, Crimson Empire. And um, it is a comic from the 90s. We're going to give more details on that in just a minute. At first, we've got a little bit of Legends news we've got to get to before we move along. And that is some big, fun Legends news. Uh, might we call it... Maybe you'll want to say hello there to these books. Am I right? All right. Mm. Uh, show us what we got, Rick. The covers were just revealed for Tales Ooh. of Kenobi. So cool. The Barnes & Noble hardcover edition. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. And this is, is going to have uh, both um, Kenobi by John Jackson Miller and what was it? Approaching Storm? That's just a rumor. We yeah. actually don't have officially released yet from Barnes & Noble what is in this edition. Hmm. John Jackson Miller himself on Twitter is bugging uh, Barnes & Noble to say, hey, guys, would love it if you'd let me know what is in this. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, my book, Kenobi, but what else? Yep. And so that we're thinking approaching Storm. That's just a rumor. Hmm. Somebody, I'm not sure who, maybe uh, maybe it was Trevor. Somebody said that they think it could also have like some Legends Kenobi short stories. Hmm. Uh, a short story, Incognito, by John hmm. Jackson Miller. It's also uh, a tie-in to Kenobi could be in here. That would be very cool, wouldn't it? Oh, Indeed. yeah, that'd be so cool. And, Freddie, tell us about the other book that is coming out on September 14th from Barnes & Noble. <sighs> yeah, so we've got this uh, next one here, which is... Uh, I'm looking for it. It's somewhere. It's somewhere in these notes. <laughs> okay, yeah, we've got Bounty Hunter Wars, which... Uh, Really interesting, beautiful cover. Uh, are these going to mm-hmm. be leather bound at all, or do you know how they're? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yes, these are. This is a beautiful cover. Look at that. It's. I love That's the gorgeous. the covers for both of them. They're they're simple yet they have enough contrast to really convey what what you're looking at. And this is a beautiful image of Boba Fett. Exciting. I want to see the back covers of these because, as we all know, that Han Solo leather bound edition has got Jabba smoking a hookah on the back. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. this is going to be... And Boba Fett. He's on the back cover of that one, too. This one's going straight on my shelf. Yeah, there's the... Oh, that's, oh yeah, Rick's showing it off. That's, uh, that's beautiful. I just put that on my shelf the other day. I finished reading it. I was just reading Rebel Dawn out of that, which yeah. if that's... you've never actually sat down and read out of these, you are missing out. Yeah. yeah. They are... It's a good reading experience. Just pristine, because they'll lay open really well. Yeah. And then they have built-in bookmarks, guys. Yes. Mm. Ribbons like the Bible. I know it. Except That's for, why I, as I'm you saying, informed me, there are no pictures in the Bible. Kind of like so this, right? There's that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at Freddie with his Bible. Love Very it. Love it. There's actually, now, all right, so there's this truck parked in on the corner that I swear looks like Boba Fett. And I don't, I like took a picture. I forgot to send it to you guys. But it's like, it's red underneath. And then it has like a matte <laughs> coat of paint over it. And it just looks like Boba Fett That's as so a pickup awesome. truck. Well, that reminds I'm going to have to send it out in Discord. What is it? The Tundra or the the Tacoma? The white Tacoma looks like a stormtrooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen that. Oh, awesome. wow. Uh, Emily, the Discord is going to need to see that. <laughs> I know. So, uh... I know. I need to drop it. I'll drop it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, very excited to show those off whenever we actually have them in hand in September. Yep. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. These don't get delayed. Any further, September and you know we'll 14th. be out in September. Absolutely, before we know it, before we know it. Now, one other thing, as I mentioned, top of the show, new episode of Yavin Base Builds is coming out tomorrow, where I am painting and assembling all of my Star Wars bookcases. 
And uh, would love for you guys to chime in after watching it. How in the world should I organize my reference books? Mm. Because I, what do you, what do you do chronologically? Oh. You oh. can't. They're reference books. All right. You do uh, color or size. Mm-hmm. Size matters not. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> so you know. I uh, I've been thinking about that too because I'm freshly doing. I'm in a similar process. Not going to the same lengths, unfortunately. But uh, I decided that well, I was... you don't know how much money I've spent. It's, it's fortunately, I'll say that much. That's I mean, unfortunate for me because I want one that cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was thinking the same thing. I, I decided that I'm going to have a shelf for in-universe books. Um, there, are we doing a Legends look, look at our, our Thracken store this week? No, but if you got something, show it off. Yeah, so this is your fault, Jared. Um, <laughs> I have had... On my shelf, uh, the Book of the Sith, the Jedi Path, the Imperial Handbook, and uh, the Bounty Hunter's Guide. Uh, those are four of the in-universe, you know, handbook kind of kind of books. Mm-hmm. And last week or the week before, you showed off uh, the Rebel Files, and I was like, why don't I have those? I really like the other ones, and so I didn't didn't know that they existed. And so I went out and had to get. The Rebel Files and the Smuggler's Guide. Now oh, I'm yeah. hoping there's just six of them, and I have them now. But I decided that I'm going to do a whole in-universe shelf with all of the in-universe Star Wars books, so that I can feel, you know, whenever I really just want to dive deep and just let my imagination go wild, you know, um, yeah, like the myths and fables books and um, whatever they have, you know, both canon and legend. There's a whole bunch out there. The more you think about it, like reference Rick, books, are you especially. Ready? Oh man, you ready for me to burst your bubble? What you got? There are more. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's exciting, though, because they're great. How many more? They're oversized. <gasps> they have a couple that are like jumbo. I'll see if I can grab one without knocking over everything that I've got Do it. in my computer. And um, They've got a Stormtroopers one, another one called Scum and Villainy. And these are double the size, double the fun. Hmm. I'm excited. All righty, here we go. Stormtrooper oh, is okay. this big. I have That's that beautiful. one. Okay, is that one in the so universe? Maybe it doesn't count. It's kind of beyond the. It's got some. It's got some behind the scenes on how they. I, I don't guess it's in the universe. Is okay, it? I don't know. I mean, it depends on how they how they frame it. I've I've only peeked inside. No, it. not really. Okay. okay, hey Rick, do you have those uh, Haynes Star Wars Millennium Falcon books? It's like the. Uh, um, it's like, like the, the owner's guide. Yeah. Um, I think I have one of them. I know I have the Death Star one, um, but I don't have that one. That, that's a good one. If I yeah. if I do if I do it's like the new one with the uh, the escape pod included. Okay, you know that's cool. Yeah, um, I I love those books because Haynes, if I'm not mistaken, Haynes actually publishes actual owner manuals for hmm. cars. You know, like you've got a BMW, nice. you you can buy it and it'll tell you how to fix everything. So these books are actually made as if this thing is real and oh really you can, yeah yeah and you can actually it, it's it's written by the same people so they they take good effort in. And pretending like this is an actual real thing, and, and you know, if you need to fix a radiator leak, like it'll tell you how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. They're impressive yeah. for sure. Man, nice books. Love books. Yeah, there's some good ones. Books. Uh, one of them, another good one, is Crimson Empire. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we are going to be talking all about it tonight. I'm proud to be showing off my 30th anniversary hardcover mm. that I got on a tremendous Gorgeous. bargain. Nice. Oh, yeah. A I re- I have to admit, I mostly read it digitally, though. It's just that's such a beautiful know, the, cover. The, it's really cool. The Kindle edition, though, does have like those bonus stories, kind of the in between mm-hmm. what happened in between the trilogies. So those are really mm-hmm. good. This one only has the first six issues, the original run of Crimson Empire. 
Whew, we're going to talk about all of it. There's a lot to cover. So without further ado, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with Blood, Guts, and Gore, a Star Wars story, <laughs> a.k.a. Crimson Empire. We have got some fantastic Legends comics to talk about tonight. In fact, I uh, read these just because I never had, and these action figures came out. Uh, the Kier Kanos, Carnor, Jax action figure. You know, this is kind of a misprint. We've talked about it toward blue in the teeth. This came out last year, and I was like, well, I've never read these. I should probably give them a, give them a shot since they you know, were action figure worthy. And just was in love with them. Now, don't get me wrong, they are just chock full of toxic masculinity in the like 80s, 90s action hero kind of way. We're going to talk about it. We're not going to make excuses for it. It's part of it. It's part of it. That being said, I loved it. I really did. And, you know, it could have been worse. Anyway, the fact of the matter is, um, I finally was like, guys, we've got to talk about these. Sooner or later, we're going to have to get to them. And here's our reason why. Are you ready? Yes. In canon, <laughs> they have new Crimson stories. You guys know about these? No. Mm-hmm. Just, mm, no. no. Yeah, there's Crimson Rain. Oh, yes. It's like a new ongoing comics arc. Crimson, I don't know, other things. <laughs> <laughs> Crimson, there's more. Surely it, somebody from the... It's a dramatic, dramatic color, you know? The comics people are going to be yelling at me in the <laughs> chat, so just like give them 10 seconds for it to catch up. <laughs> Crimson War? That's Crimson, That could be one. Crimson Empire, Crimson Rain, Crimson... Um... Crimson Empire is the Legends comic. Crimson Bad some... Guy, Crimson Good Guy. Um... <laughs> There's new ones in canon. Anyway, we're going to talk about the Legends Crimson story that did it first. I'm not necessarily saying they did it better, but, you know, uh, we did it first at the very least. Crimson, Crimson Dawn, Dawn, of course. That's not the yes. story. That's like the... Uh, that's a that's... Syndicate, <laughs> crime syndicate. The other syndicate. comment there, Crimson Things. Right. They, they factor in. They factor in. Yes. It was in War of the Bounty Hunters, first and foremost, and now the new the new uh, ongoing series is called Crimson Rain. And then there's another one that's been announced. I don't remember what it is. Is but... it Crimson Snow? <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of rain, I know. Don't trust the Crimson oh, Snow. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch it. Uh, okay. Freddie, tell, tell us about what this book is, when it came out, who wrote it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the publication date, uh, it, it ranges. So there there's... Several, if you're looking at, it's not really an omnibus. Maybe it is an omnibus. I guess it remains to be uh, argued there. But we've got uh, Crimson Empire, which was published in uh, 97 uh, through 99. And you had uh, a couple of standalone comics within that. And you also had Crimson Empire 2, Crimson Empire 3. And the last one, I believe, Crimson Empire 3, was published in 2011, about almost 10 years later. So... Uh, pretty pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it's a long time, a long span um, for for to carry the whole comic, and and it, in my opinion, it reads really well all the way from beginning to end. You wouldn't realize that there's such an, a a gap between uh, the time. Yeah, that's fair. I think this is my first time through it, and so I didn't know about that. I just read it and enjoyed it with very little background knowledge, other than um, you know the the action figure controversy. Um, and that was about it. And so, yeah, I totally found it very enjoyable for that reason because it's a great story. Yeah, and imagine to, to be able to keep a story running after it's been in a hiatus for that long. Uh, you, you, you'd you have to get back into the mindset of what it was like in the mm. 90s to write it. What what was what were they thinking? And mm. copy it, right, in, in 
the 2000s. Uh, uh, and the authors there were uh, Mike Richardson and Randy Stradley. And of course, the artists, we've got cover art by the infamous Dave Dorman. And uh, the inside art we've got by uh, Paul Gulasi. Gulasi, I'm, I think that remains to be contested still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, this the uh, the development of this really is staggering. Did you guys, uh, in researching for this week, pick up any of how this came to be? It's amazing. Hmm. No. How did it? How did Please? it come to be? Yeah. What's the back? So Mike Richardson, I believe it was Mike Richardson, had this idea. He was working. Let's see if I can pull it up. He was working um, in developing some stories for Dark Horse in the early '90s, right about the time that Dark Empire came out. And this does tie into it. And this was a pitch, like a story idea that he had as a seedling of an idea for years and years before it could finally come to fruition and see the light of day. And his original concept here, this is something he just like kept pitching to people, and he kept pitching it, and he kept pitching it until it finally was approved and became a thing. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. Man. The idea for it actually had to be refined a little bit. The idea was that this would... Um, that this would be about the the um, four royal guards, the four that are in Return of the Jedi, Palpatine's four royal guards, and that you follow each of their stories after Return of the Jedi. This doesn't do that, right? This specifically follows the story of two royal guards, Carnor uh, Jax and Kier Kanos, as they are, you know, kind of legends frenemies, and but it's after Dark Empire. So it ties into Dark Empire, which, you know, yeah. I love Dark Empire. And, the and so they, the fact that this ties into it is really nice. The way they tied it in, too, is so flawless. It just works so well. Yeah, so tell the good folks how it ties in, Freddie. Yeah. While so, I look for this detail of uh, what exactly, what year it was that he pitched this. Yeah, so let's see. Carner Jacks, uh, I guess the summary is Carner Jacks is, well, I'm, I'm not going to do the whole summary. I'll, I'll just talk about the, I guess, the uh, entrance. The basic premise. Yeah, the basic premise. Uh, he... Basically, Carner uh, Jax wants to take over as the Emperor, right? And he sabotages the clones that the the clones that we see in Dark Empire, which that's where where the the tie in there is. And uh, of course, uh, he's got dirt on some of the council, and Kirkanos has he wants nothing to do with it. He does not like that plan at all, and will do anything to stop uh, Jax from accomplishing his task. Uh, and as such, you know, one of the reasons that this ties into Dark Empire, if you said it and I zoned out, you know, hey, we, this is our second episode of the night, so I, I apologize, is that there was, uh, you know, Carnor Jax uh, basically was orchestrating an overthrow of the Emperor mm-hmm. behind the scenes and wanted to take the, the Empire for himself. So he pays off one of Palpatine's physicians. Yeah one of his cloning scientists, to sabotage Palpatine's final clone, which is why that body deteriorates in Dark Empire, thus leading us back to last week's topic of Palpatine, old crusty Palpatine, decaying Palpatine, <laughs> formerly naked Palpatine, no longer naked, <laughs> who is trying to take the body of of uh, Princess Leia's unborn child. That's <laughs> Recently born child? Do you think um, we can we can credit Jax with taking all the clothes away for the clone? <laughs> huh. uh, well, d- no, I don't think so, but <laughs> nice try. Hey, while we're on that, um, Naked Palpatine, um, 
do you think that could be like a Patreon perk of like a tattoo of naked palp? And Salacious from <laughs> the both of them. I'm more likely to get a Crimson Empire tattoo, like the Imperial logo on fire. That would be a cool tattoo. That would was, be a really cool tattoo. I was thinking about getting my first tattoo soon, and I've got some ideas. But I was thinking like Salacious B. Crumb right in the, the left price, cheek. I was going to say, the price was right. I could put a naked palp on the like the, the back cheek or something. No one would see it. No one would know it's there. The price but... was right. Wow. And you're, like, volunteering. Like, I mean. This isn't like, you... let's make Jared get a tattoo. Well, what would the price be? Like, $5,000? Good question. $10,000? What are, what are you would offering? $500? Serious, serious offers only. Chat. Serious. I, I have, I'm not going to pay you. I'm convinced. I'm not going to pay you any money for this. Zero. Zero dollars. He doesn't well, want to we be. Don't uh, have a deal. We don't have a deal. <laughs> we don't have to answer to uh, Rick's wife. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I oh, would not man. want to see her if we paid Rick to get naked Palpatine tattooed on him. Well, you know who else wouldn't like that? Kier Canos. He's a very serious man. Very, very serious man. In fact, so serious that he seriously wants to get out of my Star Wars room because I have two. I have two <laughs> copies of him where he is mislabeled as Carnor Jack. So the good news for you, listener, if you would like this, all you have to do tonight in order to enter the contest, we're going to have a live giveaway. Ready for this? You type the words legends, legends, legends into the chat in tonight's show. You've got to say it three times in one message or it doesn't count. It's like uh, three legends, 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 legends into the chat tonight. You can be entered to win. We will draw at the end of the episode for Carnor Jacks. And by that, I mean Kier Canos. And it could be showing up on your doorstep. Who knows? This could be collectible. Am I right, Freddie? That's yeah. why you bought one. Yeah. Uh, that's why, you know, I haven't gotten the correct one yet. Because as you saw, it's possible that it's not there yet. <laughs> uh, and we've we've talked about it in length. But yeah, it, it, it is acknowledged by Hasbro <laughs> that it was a misprint. Um, and I love the, the art on the inside, too. It's beautiful. Right? And that's part it's, of the... It is. You'll see that in our, our episode next week. Uh, even this year, we talk about the art. It, it's a beautiful, mm. a beautiful box. So, for those of you who want this, legends, legends, legends. Mm. Well, let's get into it. This I did find the correct information here. This was Mike, excuse me, not Mike Richardson, but Randy Stradley, who ended up being you know editor in chief at uh, Dark Horse Comics for decades. Just retired recently. Uh, Randy Stradley was working for Marvel Comics in the 80s. This goes all the way back to 1983, and he had this as a script idea for the four royal guards at the end of Return of the Jedi. Then he pitched it to Dark Horse when it was acquired. You know, it just this sat as an idea for 14 years. It finally saw the light of day when he pitched it to Ryder Windham and Mike Richardson in 97, and it finally it was it morphed a little bit. It was first an idea in 1983. Isn't that phenomenal? Wow, it's pretty cool. That far back, yeah, yeah, and you can tell this has got some like real original trilogy roots here, doesn't it? It really does. It feels mm-hmm. it's got that feel to it. So let's talk about it. But first and foremost, with the characters, uh, no, let's rate it. Let's rate it. What rating would you give this thing on a scale from one to ten? Emily's like, oh no, I haven't thought about a rating. Ah, <laughs> we get to catch it live here on the show as she figures it out and thinks it up for me. It is. <laughs> 8.5. Absolutely great. Halfway on its way to being incredible. Um, and absolutely seminal Legends Comics yeah. story. Let's kick it over to Freddie. Okay. So, you know, let me let me give it, it 
uh, put it back into the 90s, right? I, I'm going to rate it as if I'm in the 90s because that's I feel like where it belongs. If if you try to bring it into the current zone, it it may not read as well, or or maybe the art is a little too buxom. <laughs> um, uh, the the story's fantastic. The action is like every single page. I'm not even sure if there's a page without action. Sometimes, like just going through it, I, I was constantly flipping through it. It's an easy read. You're gonna flip right through it. Um, the art is absolutely beautiful, inside art and the and the cover art. You know, many times you get inside art and outside art, uh, just not really lining up. But this is beautiful all the way around. Uh, the story is fantastic. The way it ties in Rogue Squadron. Uh, let's see, what else am I missing? It's Rogue Squadron. As soon as Rogue Squadron came on the page, it just bumped Freddy's rating up a whole score. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, it's got ships. It's got beautiful action art. We'll talk about that in the episode next week. This is definitely, if if I had to pick one of my most favorite uh, comic books. Now, you know, The Old Republic is still number one, in my opinion. Crimson Empire is probably a strong number two. Uh, okay. Not, not considering Boba Fett. I feel like it's kind of me being biased. Boba Fett is always going to yeah. be number one. But I would give That's S tier. These are both A tier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so there you go. There, this is. I mean, this is definitely S tier stuff. You gotta. You gotta read this if you're you're a Legends fan. I'm gonna put this definitely at a nine point two. Okay. okay. High score from Freddie. Hmm. Uh, Emily. I'm gonna go with eight point four. Okay. Just one notch below me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was really, really good and very action-packed. Um, there were a couple pretty cringy moments that I enjoyed. I thought they were kind of fun to kind of break it up, and I'm pretty sure they were we'll inserted there. there intentionally. But, yeah, that was I've that's why that, it wasn't a nine-something. I've heard that Emily brought images to show off the <laughs> some of the cringe. I can't wait. Uh, Rick, what's your score? So my score is lower. But I loved it, so don't be alarmed. I just I feel like I give everything a super high score, and I'm still new to a lot of comics, and so especially Legends comics, and so I'm gonna give it an eight. Uh, but that's a great, it's a great, great story. Yeah, I, I loved yeah. it. Yeah, that is a good rating. All right, absolutely. Let's start off with the seminal man himself, Carnor. Nope, Kier Canos. <laughs> absolutely talking about the man in red himself, and if his blade doesn't pierce your suit of armor, his stare will pierce your soul. Am I right? Here, <laughs> mm. Kanos, mm-hmm. first and foremost, how you guys pronounce this? You say Kanos? Kanos? I think we all know uh, mine's going to be Kanos. <laughs> so a little bit, a little bit spicy. A little bit of, it's, it almost sounds Greek, right? The Kanos. <laughs> Ooh, can I, can I start rolling the R? Kir? Kir, Kir Kanos. Kanos. Why Make not, him a little Scottish. Well, actually, Kir that one Kanos. <laughs> That's a good that one. That gives he, it a totally he's different... He's from the Highlands. Kierkanos. <laughs> wow. It's not it's bad. Like it's not bad. It's really good. Don't, yeah. I like wow, it. Wow, that added a whole you different You might dimension. take my scythe sword, <laughs> but you can't take my freedom. Okay. <laughs> that was good. Uh, sorry. Oh, that was great. Um, I think I'm going to have to pick Rick's pronunciation. I am not going to attempt <laughs> to say that, but I really liked his dedication. Yeah, I, like <laughs> I have a feeling great. that if... Here, Kanos heard you say that he would stab you with his mm. double-bladed vibro. Either that, or he would he would pull out like the vibro sword, like bagpipe attachment, and start getting super patriotic. <laughs> no. I'm not sure. He'd probably just stab you. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he's a very musical character. Bagpipe attachment. Oh my goodness. Now, 
That's the most legendy <laughs> thing ever. Come on, it could happen. <laughs> a bagpipe attachment. Yeah, I, I could see it. I could see it. But not from Kirkanos. <laughs> not from <the>, Kirkanos. <laughs> now, I, we may pronounce his name that way. However, he also has an alter ego, the bounty hunter, um, Kenix Kill, which, like, if you're looking for a bounty hunter name, Kill is a good one. Yeah, isn't that, it? that's a yeah. good one. It just really makes it clear. Like this is tail. what I do. Kleenex Kill. This is just, <laughs> that might as they might as well be. I mean, if you're Death going Star. through the bounty hunter book and you're trying to pick a guy, I mean, Kleenex. He seems like he'd get the job done. Kleenex Kill. Yep. I once picked um, a dentist <laughs> yep. based on his last name was Doctor Wisdom. Nice. And, uh, that's oh, why I, I like picked that. him. Like, Mine was oh. uh, Dr. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, there you All go. Right. All right. My dentist's name? Dr. Beavers. <laughs> I kid you not. Dr. <laughs> Beavers. Cool. And if you're listening to this, hello, I'm taking great care of my teeth, don't you worry. Now, <laughs> uh, the fact of the matter is, Kyrkanos is the titular character of this series. He is the protagonist, but he's not necessarily uh, pure-blooded heroic, is he? Um, he is, in fact, loyal to none other than Emperor Palpatine himself. Mm-hmm. And based on the way that he reveres Palpatine, you'd think Palpatine was dope. He's not. What do you guys think? Why in the world is Kanos loyal to the Emperor? Hmm. I think it comes down to what his role is, right? He is a soldier. That's, that's mm-hmm. his role. And his mission is, is priority. Mission first. Uh, and his mission is to protect the emperor and if in the event the emperor does die it's most likely in his best interest to uh exact that or or avenge the emperor in any way possible as the soldier right he's programmed for one thing and that is for protection and uh and i'm not sure if it's the emperor or if it's the chair itself right um it it could Hmm. it could flip it it, if Mm -hmm. someone was in that chair who was properly voted into that or I don't know. It's, he's a dictator, but however yeah. that happens, he might have right. not been so lethal. But because it was taken in malice, you know, as a soldier, that's his priority directive to to mm-hmm. secure that that chair. Mm-hmm. I just my thought on it is that he doesn't actually know anything about Palpatine, mm-hmm. nor does he care. He just he wants to protect the emperor because he's sworn to do so, and it's an honor thing for him. Mm-hmm. Honor mm-hmm. seems to be good point. Uh, sure. massive, yeah, and. I can imagine that you can't hear all that great inside those helmets. So they they keep their royal guards way down on the other end of the chamber. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you can't hear the kind of conversations that Palpatine's having. And it's probably mostly mundane, like that late into the Empire. There's not all that much. He would regard like the rebellion as terrorists and like I'm they need hungry. to be put down. And... <laughs> so I could, you know, I kind of can understand, but it does seem a little bit nonsensical to yeah. me that he is still fighting for an emperor yeah. who was so unbelievably wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, and seemingly had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. Can I throw in a thought here? Um, yeah. I, I think totally he's, he's programmed, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know much about his his story before he joined the, not the academy, but his training regiment. Um, and so I, there's, if it wasn't at that, what, what's the planet called? Um where they have the Yinchor. wall. Yinchor, Yinchor. Yinchor. So I, there's got to be some brainwashing going on because he is so devout, and it doesn't make sense. And that's almost like a plot failure of why would anybody be this devout to the Empire? So I, I'm saying it's got to be programming, brainwashing. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, like... Um, okay, I promise this is not a, like a setup for a joke. This is a real honest moment. Um, when I was watching 
the original trilogy as a kid, um, you know, George Lucas and, and the story in Star Wars, they've always done a lot, done a great job of really drawing from real life history and depicting the empire and, you know, a lot of, um, like Nazi symbols and propaganda and a lot of symbolism there. But mm. when I saw the Imperial guard, I thought of the KKK, not even joking. And so mm. I've had in my head, like just how vile of a person there you must be to be a defender of the, the emperor just because of that image. And so it took me a long time to kind of like, why do we want to read this book? You know, why is it good? But like, it is a good story and it's, very much disconnected from that but if i'm being honest as a kid like i think like oh brother war thou or something came oh, out yeah. and, you know something like that and so like i was um i noticed that in one of the movies and i was like what what am i watching what is this and so that's always been in my head what um what the imperial guard were like anyway mm-hmm. so that that's kind of been my head so trying to unwork from that and see kirkanos as a redeemable character was quite the journey for me hmm I like how Excellently you work brother work. Where art thou in there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. that was unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. I'm a man Sorry of for that. Sorrow. Yeah. Mm. That could, we can put and that that's... into our, our Utini uh, Legends Look Back musical. We'll write oh, that yeah. one down there you go. somewhere. <laughs> that's one of the things that works about this, though, is that you get behind the scenes of an Imperial character, somebody mm-hmm. who is not yeah. your rep regular old rebel. Mm-hmm. He's not an X Wing pilot. You know, mm-hmm. at this point, the Dark Empire, or the. Uh, the Dark Horse comics that were out there were X-Wing comics, Dark Empire, you know, which is about Luke Skywalker, uh, a very interesting Luke Skywalker, to say the least. But <laughs> you've got, uh, you know, like the Republic series. It doesn't start coming out until, what, 99, 98, 99. So this is uh, Tales of the Jedi is out. Besides that, you know, there's not a ton that's really focusing on this corner of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And it tells a really unique story so i do wonder though once he starts to learn more about you know the fact that he's got so many allies in the new republic once he starts to develop his relationship with mirith sin once he starts to learn of the wickedness of darth vader example for example the fact that he you know killed mirith sin's husband family what was that thing there was it her whole family or just her her husband i think just her husband husband, yeah yeah uh he starts to realize that, you know, he's got some loyalties that are not what he initially expected. But why won't he defect to the New Republic, do you guys think? Why is it that he keeps them at arm's length the way that he does? Hmm. It's a different organization. It is opposite of what he started, right? And I can't imagine it's easy to just switch from one to the other that mm-hmm. easily. Uh, and, and like we've talked about, right. And, and, and like everybody said here, he, he was programmed for something and, uh, it's, it's not easy to just go from that propaganda to another, right. It, it, it's totally different. And I can only imagine, you know, just say, let's just put into perspective, uh, sports. Let's just say you're a fan of one team, uh, and, you've been following that team forever and that team disbands like how easy is it going to be for you to become a fan of another team right it takes some time you're not going to just dive into it some people do right but he's going to be cautious he's not for sure on them he's not sure if this is the best choice uh that's when he was raised to believe they were terrorists that's another thing right yeah (laughs) a lot of brainwashing there yeah i mean technically they were (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> were they in the moral high ground? Yeah, probably. But um, yeah. they still were technically terrorists. So it's kind of hard to jump from one regime to the other. And he, pro- I think he probably wants some freedom. Um, he's been living his whole life with one goal in mind. And then, like, he meets the objective with, like, basically exacting revenge on Palpatine's betrayers. And now I think he's trying to figure out, okay, what do... What should I think? What do I think? Uh, what should I do now? Because um, mm-hmm. the my whole point of living and protecting is gone. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Emily. Freedom, like that. I've never really considered that. He he might just not want to be a part of anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it seems to me that he's not even entertaining. What is he going to do next? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they you know kind of sell this three story arc as first and foremost getting revenge on Carnor Jax. Mm-hmm. Then volume two is on the Imperial Ruling Council. Mm. Then thirdly, which like you don't see coming unless you're paying attention, Luke Skywalker. Mm. <laughs> That's where yeah. the third um you know major beat in the story is going. But it seems to me that he's not even thinking about what's next until he gets mm. those things off his agenda. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, the story was delayed 10, 15 years, but yeah. it was ninety eight until 2011, mm-hmm. people were you know clamoring for this. They it would be in the works, and we'd get shelved. It would be in the works, and we'd get shelved. Yeah. So the fact that it could finally come to fruition, mm. if it if if uh, the creators couldn't even get this done, you know, Kirkanos is certainly not even thinking about what his next steps are going to be. Uh, one of the major things that keeps him you know at arm's length from the New Republic is the fact that he kills. Uh, Mirith Sin, who is a what is a captain, commander in the New Republic, kills her right hand man, mm-hmm. Sadit, the Trandoshan. What is he, a bodyguard? Or like, uh, like sidekick? Second hand, yeah. second command or something. First mate. Something like that. Yeah, he is Mirith like Sin's Chewbacca. <laughs> and uh, he interferes with Kirkanos trying to, you know, uh, can we say assassinate? Eliminate? Mm. He's going to. Take the life of <laughs> Garnor Jax uh, at the end of their duel. He's not looking to arrest him. He's not uh, your Legends Batman, though he may seem that way. He's more of the Legends Punisher. Mm. He is going to take out the bad guy. And uh, Sadiq wants for them to arrest Garnor Jax, get more information from him. Which is a smart and thing because to do, he, right? Sure. Because he interferes, though, he gets that double-bladed yeah. vibroscythe to the abdomen. Let me ask you guys, did Kanos have to kill Sadiq? <sighs> That's a... I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, Emily, why is that? Um, It just seemed like... I, I don't know. I, I don't think it was absolutely necessary, but I understand why he did it. Because um, at that point, he's just goal-focused, right? Of Like, the goal is to kill Connor Jackson. If this guy's going to get in the way, then he's going to. Like, I don't have time to negotiate or, like... And like as a as the Empire's guard, you don't have to negotiate with anyone. You just yeah. your whole goal is just to kill and protect, and he does that. So, yeah, he's not a diplomat. I think Kanos also understands how dangerous Jax is, right? So if you give him a, mm-hmm. an out, if you give him a moment to regain yeah. strength, and mm-hmm. he he was not gonna give him any of that moment, and it it meant killing Sadiq, which I, I agree with you, Emily. I I don't think he needed to do that, but. He is goal oriented. <laughs> in his resume, yeah. that's he, he put that in his way. resume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems to me that uh, Jax is has really demonstrated his lethality. Mm-hmm. So you know he's too dangerous to be kept alive. <laughs> Am I right? 
There's no other option here. But, yeah, poor Sadiq. F's in the chat for Sadiq. He, I didn't see it coming. And I've read this thing twice now, and I still didn't see it yeah, coming. <laughs> and I've listened to the audio drama a bunch of times, too, and I just I still forgot it was about to happen. And, uh, whew, it's it's brutal to think, you know, it ends. Volume 1 ends with, with uh, spoiler spoileries, by the way. We didn't give any kind of spoiler warning. Oops. Going full of spoilers on all of Crimson Empire. <laughs> I feel like that's expected, but there you go. He... The volume one ends with Mirith Sin. You, you kind of feel like there's a romance happening here. Volume one ends with Mirith Sin saying, "What is it? I vow that I'm gonna kill this sucker." What? No, there's a, what's the direct quote? <laughs> that, that was a direct quote. I'm gonna kill, kill this sucker. <laughs> there is nowhere in this galaxy he can hide from me. As of this moment, Kier Kanos is a condemned man, and I swear by the holy stars that I Ooh. will be his executioner. So cool. Smoking <laughs> so the epic. holy stars, man. And that's how, that's how that, the first one ends, and you're just like, goodness gracious, this is intense. <laughs> yeah. And the next one ends, and you're like, what? <laughs> the, the next one ends, and they love each other. Yeah. yeah it's like... she, they executed right. his hate. Hmm. So the fact of the matter is he is kind of a ladies' man. He works his way, but he's not happy about it, right? Which leads him to be very much like the Batman. You guys seen Batman? Seen the new one? No, no I haven't the new yet. One. All right. I'm going to spoil it. Ready? No! no. Okay. <laughs> Look at him. He was ready to go. <laughs> got those oh. headphones off in a It heartbeat. is a right. battle, man. I, again, I work with teenagers, and they want to ruin things for me. So all day I'm like, oh, sure. don't you do this to me. Absolutely. Oh. Okay. Uh, ready? Bruce Wayne no. is Batman. <laughs> F- Brand oh, right. new Forn's, information. Forn's in the chat for... Uh, for There he is. He's back. Never mind. <laughs> I, I actually almost said uh, Bruce Banner is Batman. That, that is a different That universe. would have been a bigger Plot spoiler. Twist. Yeah. Get it? Get it? Bigger, bigger spoiler. Let me ask you guys this, though. Speaking of universes, man. is, oh in your gosh. opinion, Kirkanos more Batman, Punisher, or Clint Eastwood? Punisher. Yeah, Punisher. Mm. Punisher. Okay. Punisher on this but one. no guns. No mm. guns. Although he, I feel like he might have used one. Maybe not. I'm gonna go uh, Samurai. I feel like as Kenix Kill, he did. I'm gonna go Samurai. Honor, okay, Rick, honor you... bound Samurai. Oh yeah, that's a really Dang, good comparison. Good so one, Ninja man. Turtle. Ninja Turtle, Ninja yeah. Turtle, yeah. Except for a dark Ninja Turtle. Mm-hmm. He's mission dark, he's mission focused, right? And, and and Batman, Batman's not quite. I mean, it's it's tough to say. I guess it depends which kind of Batman you're running into. Uh, mm. And then Clint Eastwood, I I can't really see that, but definitely Punisher. Punisher, he's he's going after one thing and whatever it takes, right? If he has to blow up at a, a whole. Th- neighborhood to get to that person he'll probably do it and yeah i, feel like I mean that's they, what... they call him the biggest outlaw in the galaxy yeah. at one point here um which you know obviously it's not legal to just go around being judge jury and executioner <laughs> for whoever you deem worthy of your blade which leads us to this big kind of surprise moment at the end of the second volume where canos oh my cat is peeling off my layers of uh, light filtering over there. <laughs> so I'm going to get a little bit brighter as the episode goes on. Oh, man. A little bit more crimson in the face. Because <laughs> it's warm in here. Now, um, he doesn't kill all the council members in the end of Council of Blood. He kills uh, 
what's the chunky emperor? What's his name? <laughs> Cor- Cor- Corvus, Cort, Cordal. Yeah, Corvus. Corvus. Corvus yeah. He kills him. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. He needed he it. He, he, he was he, ready to go. He had it coming. It was yeah, this time. Did. They did not write that character to survive. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> From the moment he, his his introduction, in fact, is eating like a, a cookie. Every they time over to there's him, a fat dude they say like I elect <laughs> I elect Corvus to be the next emperor, and it cuts over to him, and he's like. So me? What what I'm hearing is I would not survive in the Star Wars universe. Oh no. <laughs> if that's how you introduce the character, is that they're just lounging around having food brought to them, you're like, okay, well Rick, you'd be I wonder a, when you're gonna die. You'd be in a fighter pilot, you'd be fine. Rogue's if I could fit if I could fit in the cockpit, man, that's oh like those, those R2 droids will vacuum yeah. up all your cookie crumbs out of your right. uh, cockpit seat. So why why doesn't Canos kill all the council members though? They were all you know in on the betrayal to you know assassinate to sabotage Palpatine's last clone body. They were all usurpers to the throne mm-hmm. in equal measure. Hmm. But then he doesn't eliminate all of them. They were you know other than Corvus, they were all in their cells. He had locked them away, mm-hmm. or had killed them. You or... know there were a few left though. Why didn't he kill the council members? It seemed like they were all teed up, ready to go. Hmm. So, I, I I guess on one hand it could be just weak plot and bad writing. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I, I think that it's probably more just character growth. Like 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 mm. you kind of said, he moves yeah. away from that single minded mm. track of avenge the emperor to okay. There were some bad some bad people, and um, <laughs> that'd be fun. I'm reading Skuma's comments about... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty distracting. Rick eating one of the Nala tree frogs. Yes. <laughs> well, imagine, like, maybe Yoda the leg sticking out of your mouth. Oh, I was trying to goodness. remember some Hutties, too, but I'd probably say cuss words, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. Maybe he just grows as a character. But also, the plot is complicated, because there is the, the crime syndicate and uh, the stupid hut that's wrapped into the story, too, mm-hmm. that are also pulling some strings behind the scenes. And so you mean awesome hut? Grappa is <laughs> legit. He is disgusting. They're all disgusting, man. <laughs> Grappa the hut Rosa is my boy. He is so cool. He's like he's a hut with he's drip. Something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> isn't uh, isn't Grappa like a hard hard alcohol? It yeah, is. I think so. It's oh. Italian alcohol. The hut. <laughs> it's like an I, Italian Grappa. vodka, you know, basically. I'm not. I I don't really know the answer to this one. This is kind of this is actually a very good question. Part of me wonders if he just did enough damage, and he's like, I think you guys get the message, or hmm. like he he took care of the ones he needed to take care of, and he knew the rest were kind of worthless. I'm not I'm not sure what what it could be, but it, it is definitely some character growth, or mm-hmm. maybe he he accomplished enough of his mission that he was done with it. One of the things that really works for me is the fact that. This series keeps me guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of places along the way where I just am not sure what's going to come next. Yeah. And that's very rare for me with Star Wars stories. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he has them all ready to go, they're in their cells, he's accomplished his mission, nobody can stand his way, and then he relents. Is like, oh, well, there's there's something happening here. There's more to the story. I can't wait for the next volume, which I think is why it left people anxious yeah. for decades mm-hmm. to get to Crimson Empire three the third mm-hmm. volume mm-hmm. and uh it really pays off in some big ways so we've talked about kira kanos we don't have a ton of time left tonight let's at least give a little bit of love to mirith sin um do you think she loves or mm. hates kanos it's a little bit of both 
A little bit of both. Emily Why is our resident both? woman. Why, Why not, not both? both? <laughs> yeah. Um, it is very classically 90s, I think, that she is redheaded. Yes. And that, uh, full of rage. And um, it ends up falling for the bad guy in the end. Their romance cracks me up. Don't forget the crop um, top. <laughs> the crop top. And the visor that like yeah. shows all the There's the one point where Princess Leia is like, oh, palace. why are you wearing these this red visor? And she's like, it's full of information. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the future. There's technology. Even though it's in the past, you know, it's, yeah. Okay. Uh, That's right. They're, no. they're stuck in the same time so loop funny. that we are. Right. There are elements of her character that I really love, uh, and I I do like that she comes around and and they kind of meet in the middle a little bit. Like she kind of yeah, gives up her revenge. She he kind of gives up some of his, and then in the end they start to realize, okay, I kind of see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she <laughs> it was. You can tell that it it's written funny. by a couple of men. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that much. Yeah, mm-hmm. but and then, it was very comic booky. But then sure. she is, in its defense, in its, in, in that, that part of the story has not necessarily aged the best, no. uh, to put it nicely. <laughs> but in its defense, she is another one of these women in a long line of women in the Rebel Alliance mm-hmm. who are the women that save the galaxy. Right? That's the women true. that are behind the scenes, uh, com- leaders of men, commanding their underlings, uh, fighting a war. To bring freedom for the very people who, like them, were under the Empire's thumb. You know, and her family, mm-hmm. her husband was savagely murdered just because Darth Vader wanted to prove the point that he didn't care if his planet rebelled because they were all just people that needed to get in line to him. And so she is representative of this really strong dynamic within Star Wars of these women being the real backbone of the Rebel Alliance. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's an excellent point. You know, given given the time frame too, right? The '90s, the fact that she is the commander in—I guess she would she would be the commander of this outpost, right? And the fact that she is the leader, yeah, it it goes to show that you know Star Wars always had some sort of, I guess, feminist view, although it might have been skewed with the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they tried to make her a powerful person, a, a person to be reckoned with, person who could take her her you know own matters into her own hands without having to rely on on other people and um you know they did it the best way they could and i i think i appreciate that i appreciate them doing that as far back as the original star wars with princess leia Mm -hmm. being as powerful as she is right and we see that even now right times have changed we're we're in a different era and star wars has adapted uh women and a bunch of other people into better roles that fit the time we're in that are a bit cutting edge in my opinion so you know, applauding on that point. Mm-hmm. Better clothes, too. I would say that the, the series' downfalls have more to do with it being a 90s comic <laughs> than with it being Star totally. Wars. Totally. Yeah, totally. And That's the fact point. that this has endured in the eyes of so many fans for as long as it has, and we all four scored it highly with, you know, with the reservations, um, I think goes to show that it really does have good bones. It does. And I don't want every Star Wars story to be this uh, hyper-masculine, you know, assault on everything that's wrong with the galaxy. <laughs> it bathed in blood and fire. But But if that's what you're cool. looking for, <laughs> you have found yeah, this, it. <laughs> this is. I think this is what, for some people, they think all of Legends is. But it's not. This is, you That's kind of what I thought when I started. Extreme story. And I've been story. pleasantly surprised at the powerful women in Legends. 
And even in this, there's more to it than just blood and fire. Emily, yeah. you said you had a few things for us tonight that were that made you laugh along the way. Yeah. I would love to know <laughs> what were some of these moments for you that were highlights of Crimson Empire from the perspective of Emily, a woman who has never read Crimson Empire before. I'm so excited. Uh, there were a few bits of a few panels that I thought were pretty funny. Um, the romance panel was, uh, I think, when Kirikanos and Marithson kiss for the first time. I just thought it was funny because it kind of just came out of nowhere. They didn't really lay a whole ton of like foundation for romance. It was just sort of like, I don't know, there's a redheaded woman. Let's just, uh, she'll just kiss somebody. And like, that, that, that'll be like a whole extra thing. Um, I thought that was hysterical. The other thing that I thought that this whole series did hilariously were the sound effects for the fighting. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. oh my goodness. They're just like, I can't quite read that. Can y'all read that spans? for me? The word span. <laughs> yes. Like, the variety of sound effects written into the text, like yeah. the panels, yeah. like was hysterical. I don't want to pee. I don't want to They worked really hard on that. They came up with I a like, lot of different options. There was one page that said Spanx. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they were just, it was in every single issue, there were at least shroom? two Is panels. Is that Shroom? Shroom, probably. Yeah. My B-yop, favorite was the blaster. Pew, pew. Oh, B-O, yeah. Pew. That one happened a lot. I don't even see those words when I'm reading That's comics. funny. Neither do I, Jared. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I noticed I you read I couldn't not see Hold them. on, hold on. Emily, do you read these out loud in your mind every time you get to one? I see it and I'm like, okay, battle sounds. Skip <laughs> going to the next page. How do y'all read them? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I just I kind of see it you as a sound effect. It. Yeah, in oh, no. your head. It's it's audible. It's it's not in my head. It is for everyone to, to experience when I'm reading one of these. Yeah, I could see that. Well. We should we should have a a, story, a comic story time with Rick, and I'll, I'll do all the sounds for you guys. That, that might have great. to happen one of these weeks. <laughs> that might just have to happen. That. We're going to give you the one where Kiati Mundi is a polygamist. That's going to be a great story. Ooh, oh, that sounds fun. Moist. Okay. It's <laughs> not. It is, it is pure drudgery. <laughs> it is. Moist drudgery. All right. Um, lightning round as we close it out favorite original character favorite original character what's Ooh. one character in this that you really latched on to i'm gonna go Ooh. ahead and take him off the board number one pick zanzixel right the uh, the leader <laughs> of the xanabar nobody wanted him jared Gosh, That's we haven't you. even touched on that this episode yet um the xanabar oh emily did you have the, the xanabar are they one of your picks for the goofy things uh no but they they were a little horrifying <laughs> like, okay uh. all right um, Who's your favorite original character? Uh, let's you see. can't say the Nalatree Frog from that spread. Dang it, I was going to say and, that. <laughs> oh, okay, were you? We're, we'll talk about it in next week's episode. Everybody uh, get a tease for mm. the beautiful spread of artwork from... Is it, is it issue three? I believe it's issue three. It's it's one of the beginning issues during the, the attack on the uh, rebel base, I believe. Right? Mm. It's like one of the opening... Yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there, right around. You're there. gonna see just an interesting character uh, sitting there, just looking right at you, <laughs> mm-hmm. oblivious to what's happening in the background you, behind him. You know, Ooh, got a great. Go, go I ahead. was gonna say, I, I don't, it, I wouldn't say that I have a specific character that I like, 
but I really enjoy a lot of the mar- martial artistry in these mm. in these stories. Like there is a ton of martial artistry in these books. There, everything from, from I mean, it's all mostly hand to hand combat, and uh, it seems like blasters are just secondary, not really that important. But the the fighting, right? The That's the gladiator esque yeah. at the very beginning. A lot of hand to hand. A lot of hand to hand combat. Uh, beautiful, honestly. I just I love I love that martial arts. Uh, kind of art in in these books and and the motion that they capture within the vibroblades you know vibrating and you can see that in the in the page beautiful stuff absolutely absolutely and rick did you have a favorite character uh off the path and i wish we had more of so tell me if there is more of but uh i don't know you say is it tav or tave kennade or kennedy he was the the trainer's son who oh i say kenenda kenenda okay yeah um and so, yeah, he, um, what's his name? Here, Canos puts him in like a, one of his, man, what, what, I can't remember what ship it was now. Um, he, he sets him up with um, the source sub. Yeah, the source sub, yeah. And um, anyway, so I don't know. I just was fascinated by him and just this guy that, that, that showed some of Kier's character, I guess, that he was still looking out for mm. his teacher's son you know and um had contacts from a very isolated world he actually had friends you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so i i don't know i like that character cool excellent all right a couple more before we close it out which of the stories did you enjoy the most we've got crimson empire one two three and then a few little uh kind of side issues uh, about kenix kill you know that kleenex guy was pretty cool <laughs> did you say the kleenex guy <laughs> Yeah, Kleenex. <laughs> I'm gonna wear yeah, like his Kleenex. Dude. Didn't he look a little bit? Speaking of judge, jury, and executioner, didn't he look a little bit like Judge Dredd? Yeah, right. Totally has I a see judge. That. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely. I, I want to do that, but with some Kleenex boxes. It's my next <laughs> cosplay. While uh, Jared go. does salacious beat crumb. <laughs> I like the one where the kids are almost kidnapped again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that right. was the second one. Is that the That's, series? See, now you're getting. Now you're seeing it. Now oh. you're getting the uh, the trope, the beats for. I think it's the beginning of number three of, of number three? Crimson Empire three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The you're starting to get the beats of Legends. This post Return of the Jedi Legends, the kids get kidnapped or almost, almost kidnapped, kidnapped. Yeah. a lot. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Absolutely. But the redhead saves them. So that's good. <laughs> I lo- honestly, Man, I love the first story though. The first story is just yeah. absolutely it's amazing a and a great intro to to the series. Uh, it would have been great good. standalone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. if they hadn't developed it at all, it would have been great. Yeah, I'm having but a it hard was time. Also great that they developed it. Yeah, they're they're all good. Like you said, I can't pick a favorite. I I like conclusions, so maybe the third just for mm-hmm. some closure. Yeah, but uh, the two, the second one, the two, the second one is the the wildest. I think. Um, yeah. You know, with Grappa's fate and um, Salty Luke. Oh, my goodness. Um, because he was so sassy and a jerk. And I get it. But, like, dude, come on. Tone that down. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Well, the Dark Empire stories, and this is in that vein, they do kind of show a skewed Luke. Yeah. Hmm. Um, That's fair. It's definitely more of an homage to that than the mainstream sure, sure. story of Luke right. in Legends. Definitely. Uh, what else? How about how about when Vader showed up in the flashback? There's a couple of that really good, good reveals here. 
Vader yeah. showing up on Yinchor. Another good one um, here in the chat from Skuma Joe. He says, when Naminor was introduced in Crimson Empire 2, Naminor is a huge key player in okay. the New Jedi Order series. And he yeah. is the you know, Yuuzhan Vong ambassador. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, don't, okay, no, <laughs> it's not a spoiler. It, it, they don't reveal it here okay. where he comes from. All right. But, uh, I had a this, lot of questions about him, so that's good because I was like, we didn't do I anything wondered. with that. So yeah, let me give you the whole so. story of him real quick. Ah! <laughs> this is this is late nineties. This is planting the seeds for what's going to come. Yeah. Okay. It's they're okay. they're just starting to sow the seeds for the fact that the Yuuzhan Vong want discord in the galaxy. Yeah. Hmm. Their agenda is to have the Empire and the New Republic weakened. And so they're going around sowing these seeds of dissent hmm. and trying to destabilize. So Naminor is this chaos agent. Uh Naminor, colon, chaos ambassador. <laughs> a Star Wars story. Crimson that's chaos. Wars. Crimson that's the chaos worst idea I've ever had. Yeah, that's Not a great one, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, guys, before we close it out? I've had a ton of fun talking about this. We're going to next week close it out with the art of Crimson Empire. If you're thinking, hey, how come you guys have uh, talked about one of the most visually iconic comics of all time and haven't shown off very much art. Well, don't you worry. That's coming up <laughs> next week. And boy, are they in for a treat. The entire thing is just Xanabar teeth. Ah, just the entire episode. <laughs> uh, we do have a, a giveaway, don't we? Oh, that's right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, the giveaway. So we said if you typed the words legends, legends, legends in the <laughs> in the chat, you'll be entered to win this 50th anniversary Lucasfilm Carnor Jack's misprint Kirikanos action figure. And I just so happen to have two. So one of them is going to one of our lucky listeners. And I did you guys see live in the chat how many people misspelled Legends, Legends, Legends? <laughs> I know. I should have misspelled their names. That would have been funny. <laughs> yeah, uh. everyone was super excited to uh, win this misprint. Yeah, it looks like we had uh, at least five entries that I, t- I counted. So... Um... Here we go. We got your five names on the board. Thank you guys for chiming in. Um, Jared, are you ready for this? Absolutely. Do I need to do like a, a spinning noise for you? Uh, there might be spinning noises that are coming through, but if you tell me to spin it, then I'll spin it for you. Ready, set, spin that wheel. Skuma Joe is the winner. He is the winner. So happy for Skuma Joe. Everybody give Skuma Joe a round of applause for winning his very own Crimson Empire action figure. I love it. So happy for you. Thank you to everybody for entering the contest. And don't you worry. There will be more giveaways to come in the future if you liked this one. That does it for this week. Thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back. Thank you to our incredible patrons for your support. We love making the show, and we're glad you're along for the ride. A special thank you to our Jedi High Council. That is OK Indar, Brian, Dooley, Earl, Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander, as well as to our Alliance High Command, Matt Billington, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson. Remember to sub to the channel and leave us a review in your pod podcast platform of choice that helps us out and goes a long way in helping the show grow. If you'd like your thoughts read on the show, you can email us at legendslookbackatutini.com. You can send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. You can leave a comment on this episode on YouTube, or you can find us on Twitter at Legends Look Back, or I'm at Jared Q. Mays. Freddie. At Wake Up Freddie. Rick. At Rick underscore Grace. And Emily. At Darth Daybeck. 
If you're looking to buy some of these books, such as The Crimson Empire Saga, and want to help support the show, you can look up a book on Utini. Click the Amazon link in the profile, and then after you've got the book, read the book, you can then leave us a review and let us know what you think. Remember, keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast.